Let's talk digital. We are at the cutting edge of digital tweaks, changes, transformation. A local digital marketing podcast. Conversing with industry experts and giving excerpts about the exceptional. Hosted by Audrey and I. Do. Sit back, relax, and I'm really looking forward to what's coming up in South Africa in the next couple of months and years. How's it everyone? Welcome back to Let's Talk Digital with myself, Audrey Naidu. I'm excited to be talking to Lorena Glorioso Erasmus, Twitter Sales Manager at AdDynamo in South Africa on the topic called Twitter on the Move in 2022. There's a lot happening in the Twitter space recently. I'm sure you guys would have heard, uh, so let's find out from Lorena, uh, the inside scoop. So welcome to the podcast, Lorena. It's great to have you with us. Oh, cool. Thanks, Audrey. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. How was your day off yesterday? Yeah, good. Thank you. Um, obviously, April is peppered with holidays, so um, you kind of lose track of which day it is. But <laughs> um, at least we're at the end of the week, actually, which is, which is crazy, actually. Yeah, I know. I've taken the two days off, so really looking forward to it. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Listen, so let's get going. You've been in media for the last 14 years. I know you've been with MediaMark, right? A long yes. time prior to joining Twitter. So um, tell us about that transition from radio to digital digital was it a huge jump um yeah i mean like anything um when you step out of your comfort zone it's pretty scary but i was i was with media mark for 10 years um but i knew it was time to change and this opportunity arose and i thought let's do it and um yeah i mean there was a lot of information that i needed to learn but i quickly realized it was the right decision for me um you know working with a partner like twitter just opened my eyes to so much. I mean, the support we get from a collateral point of view, um, from the way they do business, it was just completely different to anything I'd been exposed to, just based on the fact that they're a global superpower or, you know, tech giant, should I say. Well, so, um, yeah, good. I mean, so much so that Elon Musk now needs to make that huge investment on Twitter. So Twitter is trending, hey? Yeah, that's right. So, you know, like... Um, it's crazy. It is. It is. And, you know, we always say that Twitter is what's happening. And I think this proves it. You know, it really, really proves it. Everybody's talking about it because um, it's so crazy to think to a degree that this, you know richest man in the world who's actually South African as we all know um, you know that he's decided to make such a huge investment and yes we know he's active on Twitter but he's never kind of you know that's not his background I mean he made money I think from PayPal originally and then moved to Tesla and doing all that type of stuff so we're excited um, I think the fact that a billionaire like that is willing to um, put his money behind Twitter just shows that he also sees the value in it you know? I, I actually can't believe a social media platform has that level of value. I mean, it's phenomenal for yeah. Twitter, you know, in terms of getting that public uh, trust and credibility now. And your value yeah. will just shoot up. Yeah. But then it's also interesting to see what he's going to do in the future. I know we discussed this. We don't know. Yeah, that's but, right. But, I mean, he's got all the tech uh, to support him. Yes, um, Exactly mm. right. I mean, we don't know. And I mean, Twitter has told us as much as well that for now it's business as usual. We just carry on. And obviously, Twitter's stance is still to, you know, value our advertisers, look after them um, and do everything that they have been doing um, until we be, we're told otherwise. That's exactly what we'll do. But um, but yes, I think the fact that he's got <laughs> like a different way of thinking is going to surprise us all um, in terms of what his plans are um, with Twitter. 
Yeah, something to look forward to, and maybe in the in the near future you're gonna come back and talk to us about uh, those changes that he's exactly going to make. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah and yeah. we know those things take time. I mean, yes. you still got to get uh, everything in order, That's paperwork, right. all of that. Yes, now you can imagine the paperwork behind forty three billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty pretty intense, I'm sure. Yeah. No, definitely. So yeah, that's interesting. Topic of conversation on Twitter, hey? Yes, yes. And then listen, so we're talking about Twitter in South Africa and the value to brands and what's going on currently. You know, we've got uh, uh, so many different platforms uh, to compete with and brands need to understand where they're putting their money and what value they're getting back in terms of ROI. So I just want to, you know, we spoke about a recent research that you you guys have uh, conducted around uh, culture. Um, I just wanted you to give us perspective why culture, and I know Twitter's big on culture, and, you know, some of the insights coming out of that research. Of course, yeah. So Twitter recently conducted, um, you know, an analyzed conversation across various countries because they wanted to pick up cultural trends. Um, And what they realized is that several conversations were prevalent regardless of the country that they were doing the research in. Um, And this helped identify several trends, Um, one of them being well-being, so caring for yourself and others. Another was creator culture. Um, Bearing in mind this research was done um, during COVID, so everyone became a baker or a a DIY person. Um, Everyday wonder. So that talks to people actually um, obviously wanting to step out a bit because most of us felt quite contained during um during code um lockdown listen to me code code down um anyway <laughs> yeah and um and i think um you know people um started paying attention to nature a little bit more um one planet was another trend that came out and that talks to sustainability and looking after our planet another was tech ni- tech life so that talks to connectivity and being connected and finally, my identity, people having the freedom to be who they are. Um, so, yeah, so that was really, really interesting. And the other interesting thing is that we know that external forces shape conversation and therefore influence the trends. And because those same external forces were prevalent across the various countries, we saw that South Africans um, – experienced the exact same trends. Um, And I'm sure, like I say, if we speak to any South African um, around these, it resonates with them. So, so yeah, it was really quite interesting. But the nice thing about that is it allows brands to um, get a better understanding of what's important to people on Twitter, other than, you know, trying to push product and brand, which obviously are are important. It's also about how do I connect with people in a different way? Mm -hmm. Um, And using these kinds of trends allows you um, insight into what else you can tap into. Yeah, it's around contextual connection, I guess. But also in terms of some of these key trends, did you find like certain uh, brands tapping into them, uh, you know, leveraging of them? And uh, what was the result of that? Yeah, I think exactly that. People picked up on it and saw that everybody's baking banana bread or, you know, making their own beer or whatever it is. Um, And South Africans have got a very unique sense of humor. I'm sure we'll both agree. And we did see some brands being quite playful with it. And that's the stuff that really um, 
you know, makes an impact in terms of brands. People like seeing that brands can also be playful. Um, and I think that happened. I can't think of the brand now, but there was a shortage of, of um, flour when everybody was trying to bake. And all of a sudden, um, you know, pe- brands started coming out saying, okay, cool, but have you thought about this? Or why don't we do this? And the memes started arising, even though they might have not been pushed by brands. Um, it was really interesting to see and playful in a time where people were very stressed and yuck, not in a comfort zone at all because this was something that was pretty scary for everybody. So, so yes, we did see brands tapping into that. Um, and like I say, being quite playful about it, which was great. Yeah, I think for me, there were highlights, you know, like when the president spoke, for example, you know, people were rushing onto Twitter to see what the memes were popping up, That's you know. Right. Yes. Um, so there were key highlights during the last two years uh, mm-hmm. around events, uh, around announcements Definitely. Uh, that made it quite interesting, you know, with that uh, lighthearted entertainment, yes. I guess. Yes. But on the flip side of it, it was also detrimental to some of the brands and when we look at the cancel culture um, and the huge impact it had on brands like Nando's for example um, you know um, which is quite strong on Twitter because of that cultural nuance you spoke Mm -hmm. about yeah you know, there's also positive and negative. Um, what are you finding in terms of the cancel culture? Well, I think the best way to answer that is to ask, you know, if we had to ask a couple of people what happened to Nando's last year, not a lot of people will be able to recall it. So as is the nature of Twitter, people move on quite quickly to the next thing, to the next big conversation. Um, so although at that time, it's the impact is huge. And obviously, as our Dynamo, we support our clients in terms of crisis management. You know, we hold their hands and give them advice and say what, you know, is the best practice around those kinds of um, things. But um, yeah, we, we also find that people move on very quickly. So um, I think, yeah, that's one thing to bear in mind. And we always say to to our brands and even individuals, like, You've, you've got to think between, before you tweet. If you can't say it out in public, don't think you can tweet it and it's just going to disappear. I mean, long are those days gone where um, you, you say something on, on a social media platform and nobody can actually find out who you are. So, um, so that's our rule of thumb, you know, just be sensible. Mm. Um, but obviously mistakes happen and we know that, you know, but it's all about how you handle them. And I think the main thing also for brands is to not go quiet if that happens. You know, rather admit there was a fault, you made a mistake, um, we're sorry, we're learning from it. All those things are important for users because then they realize, like, at least the brand is hearing us. They've not just dropped this bomb and then stepped away. Yeah, I think you need to have a very strong uh, crisis management strategy, social media community management yep. and a social media policy Definitely. so that you can handle situations like that because yes. you know, it's, it's not it happens when you least expect it i guess exactly right yeah so uh in terms of you know um part of the the cancel culture and what our brands show up on twitter we also spoke about employee advocates um and how some brands are resisting you know or um refusal of allowing the the employees to be on Twitter. Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you're always going to be affiliated to the company you work for. And, um, you know, as much as people might say in their their bio, tweets are my own opinion. It doesn't really um, negate the fact that you're employed. 
So if what you're going to say is detrimental to um, you know, a particular group of people, whether it be homophobic or sexist or racist or anything like that, you're going to be held accountable um, for that behavior. So um, you know, Twitter's purpose is to serve the public conversation. So I think that if employees can do that, in a healthy way, there's no reason why they shouldn't be allowed to be on Twitter. You know, it's all about being able to participate and engage. But once again, bearing in mind that companies have social media policies and some are saying by no means get, you know, involved in conversations X, Y, and Z because that's not something as a company that we'd like to engage in. So it depends on the company. But like I say, Twitter prides itself on having a safe space for people to have healthy conversations. So I don't think that employees who are willing to do that and contribute um, should be excluded from participation. Well, two things there. I mean, freedom of speech, yeah. which we also spoke about. And, you know, now with Elon being uh, invested um, and some of his comments on Twitter, you know, that might change in the future. Because I know uh, Twitter's also, um, uh, in terms of product innovation, you've also got products, uh, solutions now that maybe caution when brands or, or individuals are speaking on Twitter. That's right. You know, are you sure you want to say this or you're sure you want to do exactly. this type it, of thing? Yes. So so I'm seeing now there is going to be a shift, maybe changes we don't know. Yeah. Uh, what's your view on that? Yeah, so exactly. I mean, um, the health and safety of the platform is a priority to Twitter. So to your point about, um, you know, it's actually called um, consideration prompts that arose. And if somebody was busy compiling a, I don't want to say aggressive, but like, you know how things can get on Twitter. Um, Twitter's algorithm actually picked it up and they prompted them with a tweet asking them, are you sure you'd like to say this? You know, like almost reconsider. Yeah. Um, which shows that Twitter cares about that. You know, they want to try and eliminate that. And I mean, the response and the data around it was phenomenal that people actually reconsidered what they were going to say um, and thinking, actually, you know what, I'm not going to do that. Um, there's a lot of t things in, in beta mode even that are being tested, in, including like a safety mode where um, it pretty much automatically blocks users that are constantly, um, you know, getting involved in conversations just to fuel the fire, if you will. So there's a lot of things that Twitter's doing to try and make sure that um, people feel that while there is freedom of speech, once again, you cannot be derogatory or abusive or any of those things because at the end of the day, that goes against Twitter's policy. True. Yeah. I mean, it's that you make a call between that emotional and rational response yes. and really thinking about what you do because you're right, some people actually don't consider that. Exactly. Uh, because once you put it out there, then people see it. Exactly right. And then it's out there. Yeah. And then you see people trying to retract it. No, but I didn't mean it. I was very stressed that day or, or anything like that. But you know what? That often comes too late because the tweet has been sent and often the consequences of that are far far reaching for you so yeah i you know. i think when you when you are on a platform like twitter your your biasness your world views show up yeah you yeah. know yeah. Uh, and we also need to understand that we're talking as a collective that yes. we're influencing uh, and positioning ourselves in the public. Yes. So it's about your personal brand. Yes, you exactly. Know, and how you show up. That's exactly right. And that's, that's something um, that you have to carry with you. 
you know, we know and we've seen the consequences for individuals who say stupid things in the heat of the moment. You know, they lose their jobs, um, family and friends say, oh my gosh, I can't be associated with this person. So, so yes, you, there are consequences to it and people just have to be mindful of that. Um, I'm not sure why people think, you know, you can hide behind your keyboard and you'll be safe. But I think more and more people are realizing that there are consequences because of what we've seen um, in recent, you know, couple of years even. Mm. And let's move on to Twitter. How is Twitter involved as an advertising platform in South Africa? I mean, there are quite a few things coming up, eh? Yes, yes, yes. So, um, you know, Twitter's always inventing things um, and trying things. So we know that, um, for example, we've got Twitter Spaces, which is fantastic. And a lot of our local brands have, have trialed it and, you know, they love it. It's pretty much an audio um, session, which is live, um, and people can join, which is fantastic to actually have have a conversation um, and recently they've also made it possible that you can record that session and then share it elsewhere um, in the US for example where they're testing this even further they've even got ticketed spaces ie people have to pay to join um, so that's really really cool um, also in test phase is something called super followers so people can subscribe to particular users or brands for you know their content that is a bit more unique um, which is exciting. And then we also got um, Twitter shops. So that's great for retailers. Once again, unfortunately, not yet available in South Africa. It's still being tested. But um, for a retailer, if you go into their profile, there'll be a little button where it says view shop. Um, you click on that and up to 50 items will be displayed. And people can click through on that and take them through to the, the e-commerce site where they can purchase. So there's lots of things that Twitter's always coming up with and trialing and testing. And because innovation is key. We know that. You know, people want new things and they want to be excited about new things. Um, and you mentioned uh, uh, the engineering at the back end yes. to support this. Yes. So yeah. that actually, you know, um, for example, performance. You know, we know that that is not necessarily Twitter's strong point, but the engineers on the back end have been working on it um, to make sure that the improvements are there. And we've seen, like with app downloads and those kinds of things, the results have improved tremendously. So often we're not even privy really to what's happening, but we just start seeing, oh, great, you know, um, my client's campaign is performing a lot better um, in terms of the performance objectives. And that's thanks to what they're doing on the back end because they also see the value in that. So it's kind of like we've got this big engine um, Room behind the scenes that is doing so much, um, and I'm not sure if it's a an, an um, I don't want to say non-rewarding job. I'm sure they get rewarded for for what they're doing, but it's so important um, that those improvements are constantly being made. No, I think it's exciting, but at the same time, uh, I mean, we always lost in South Africa, Africa, to get some of those products that's available globally. Yeah, is that going to change? I mean, um, how big is Twitter in Africa, by the way? Yeah, well, across the, the the different countries. Yeah. I mean. That's the thing. We always put our hands up and be like, don't forget about us. You know, <laughs> give it to us. Give us the, the products. Test them here if you can. But we're just pale in comparison to the likes of the U.S. and, and other markets. You know, so that's, that's where they tested us. I mean, we know that they've opened an office in Ghana, which is great. I mean, we now have an Af African um, footprint in terms of Twitter being on the ground. But, but still we pale in comparison, unfortunately. Um, and we know that as much as they value us as, as a market, they can't really be testing things here unless it's perhaps something, you know, really specific 
to Africa, mm. if you will. So we haven't seen that shift yet. But um, but we do know that our sales partners and sales partner managers obviously fly the flag for us, kind of going, you know, they're in South Africa, they need something, or you know, in Africa they're looking for this. Or, but yeah, not much we can do, unfortunately. But all we do is get very excited when something new does come. <laughs> sure, so do we. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, which which countries are you guys, you know, most popular in? Yeah. So obviously, South Africa and Africa is our biggest market. Um, Nigeria, Kenya, um, as well as Ghana. So um, so those are kind of like our biggest biggest markets. Um, Nigeria is huge. I mean, lots of potential there. Just based on the sheer size. Um, as a, and as a Dynamo, um, we've got an office in Johannesburg, Cape Town, and in Nairobi. So that Nairobi office services um, our African countries, and especially those couple. And there's lots of trips to especially Nigeria to go meet with clients. Because yeah, Nigeria is quite a big digital market in terms yeah. of digital transformation as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the thing. Mm. And, and also, it's a very different place to do business. Um, you know, so business is done differently. So... As a diner, we have to adapt and make sure that we're doing the right thing. And that includes a lot of face-to-face -face meetings, talking to clients. Um, so, yeah, our team on the ground, they do a great job um, in servicing those clients. Because, also, you know, like you say, it's a, it's a fast-growing digital market. So we have to make sure that we're there um, and ensuring clients know about what Twitter can do for them. Mm, fantastic. And uh, let's talk about Twitter's policy around the Ukraine war, which is also, you know, quite a, a topical area yeah, right now for course. the globally. Of course. Yeah. So, look, Twitter is proud of its role in the Ukraine war in terms of keeping Ukrainians informed with what's happening in the world, you know. Um, and they obviously need to make sure that what is getting put out there is truthful, you know. So, Immediately, yeah, yeah, within, I want to say, days of the war breaking out, Twitter actually demonetized any keywords and hashtags related to the war. So what that meant for advertisers, if you will, that any search pages around those respective keywords and hashtags wouldn't display any sponsored content or ads um, so that people could just see, okay, cool, this is the conversation that's happening, you know. Um, so, yeah, so obviously um, they want to make sure that people and, and advertisers feel safe because I know that um, advertisers don't want to be around content like the war, which is understandable. Um, but yeah, I mean, they can also do things like exclusion targeting, where you exclude certain keywords and hashtags. But in this case, Twitter did it for people, you know, and made sure that nobody could actually target those keywords. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, you need definitely. to be sensitive and empathetic during this time. No, of course, of course. Um, yeah, and Twitter takes it very seriously. Yeah, but talking about things like that, can brands control the content in which their ads are shown? Yes. So as I mentioned, I mean, obviously, when setting up a campaign, you're going to target, you know, keywords and um, followers and lookalikes and all those kinds of things that you people who you'd like to reach or an audience you'd like to reach. In the same breath, you can include um, keywords that you want to stay away from. So that's that exclusion targeting. So even if you want to stay away from politics or whatever it is, you can make sure that that's um, inserted in your campaign setup so that you can control um, the environments that you appear in. Sometimes, obviously, these things slip through through the cracks because we don't know, you know, what users might be tweeting about certain things. But um, but it is in place in order to try and protect advertisers and try and give them as much control as possible. 
How popular is your video ad format yeah. um, now that you're competing with the likes of TikTok? Yeah, video is still the best performing ad unit on Twitter. We see the best results. Um, and it's interesting because initially, you know, when Twitter started, it was very much text, you know, and that's what it was about. Mm. And that's changed. You know, it really, really has changed. And we see impactful video performing exceptionally well on Twitter. And obviously, it's best practice because we know that what works on TikTok is not necessarily going to work on Twitter. So we always talk about, you know, making sure it's fit for platform. Um, following Twitter's best practice is to make sure that it's not longer than 15 seconds. We know people's concentration spans these days are very much like, you know, pretty short. But um, we want to be able to stop those thumbs. And the best way to do that is through powerful video. Okay, and what's, what's, I mean, we spoke about what's coming up in the local market in the next few months. Is there anything outside of product that we should be considering? Um, at the moment, we're not privy to anything, but um, all I can say is keep an eye on Twitter because we know that it'll break there first um, and we'll find out about it. And um, obviously, tell our advertisers because, like I said, we're really excited when anything does change. But, um, but yeah, when we know, you know, the industry will know. Mm. Yeah. What's your best advice for brands who want to plan across platforms? How would they appropriately use Twitter? Well, I think it's to remember the purpose of Twitter. You know, the nature of Twitter is conversational. It's about engaging with with um, users. Um, and also people's mindset on Twitter is different because they're actively going there to seek out information, um, you know, because it's all about what's happening. It's all about, um, did you see this? You know, we always say that um, on certain um, platforms, people are going, look at this, you know, look at me with my wonderful dog. And, and that's great. You know, there's obviously a place for that. But on Twitter, people are saying, look at this. Did you see what they just did? Or, or did you see what is happening in Durban with the floods? You know, so you've got to bear that in mind, that people's mindset is different. So when they're on Twitter, they're actually more receptive to your brand's message because they are actively seeking out information. Um, so it's like you have to look at the strength of the different platforms and what you're going to do and how you're going to position that um, that message to those consumers. So what you're doing on, on TikTok, you can't just copy and paste and say it's going to work on Twitter. We need to make sure that um, we're tweaking it. So as, as much as the same campaign can run um, on various social media platforms, we need to make sure that they're tweaked to make to have the best impact. Should we send the best results for consumers? With that or said, for yeah. Sorry. But how how is the quality of content uh, in terms of contextualizing it from a creative agency perspective? Are you seeing? Uh, that the quality is improving? I think we have seen a change, which is great. I mean, I obviously get very excited about that um, because it is about education, you know, and I think, um, you know, educating the creative agencies on why it needs to be specific is, is the important factor. Um, but we have seen improvements, especially with video. You know, before we used to get long format video, you know, a 45 second video and we, you know, be like, guys, it's not going to work well, you know, but especially if you're going to measure video completions or it's just not going to perform well. Mm -hmm. So it's about educating. And I think we have we have um, seen improvements, but it's it's about constantly educating because, as we know, people move and come and go and all that type of stuff. So that's part of our job is to make sure that um, our clients and advertisers and creative agencies understand the value of of best practice. So yeah. from what I understand, you work both with the media agency and creative agency on training, upskilling, 
Making sure that they are doing things right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So just to get the best out of Twitter. Um, and yes, educating them on anything new. Um, we can help with strategy. Um, we've got an internal brand strategy team. And, and when you speak about cross-platform, they're great because they can help with the other platforms that we look after um, and say, okay, cool. This is your campaign um, brief. Let's see how it looks on our various platforms. So that's a great service to clients because then they don't have to think like, how do we tailor this per platform? Because we can do that for you. Okay, and in closing, what would be your your closing remarks? Um, yeah, I think if anything, um, we've always said that Twitter is about what's happening and this last it again. You know, it's an exciting place to be. Um, like we love representing Twitter and being the reseller for them in Africa. And um, yeah, it's it's just such a relevant platform and as much as we don't like using the word platform it's kind of like they're a partner who um, recognizes our value and the value we bring but in saying so we recognize how, what a privilege it is to represent them um, yeah Twitter is just it's an exciting place to be well you're definitely an employee advocate <laughs> a brand advocate <laughs> thanks Audrey <laughs> thanks Lorena so much for your time I enjoyed our conversation oh so did I thank you so much I really enjoyed it okay take care you too bye, bye. we're excited you're excited I really value and appreciate your support during this time helping decision makers navigate the change and keep some change in their pockets don't forget to subscribe Follow our Instagram handle at TalkDigitalZA. Engage us on our website at TalkDigitalZA.co.za. And who knows, you could be featuring on the next one.